0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Biohacking Beauty Podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm very, very happy to have you uh, here with me today. Uh, My name is Amitai. I am the co-founder and CEO of Young Goose, the biohacking skincare company, and the host of this podcast. And actually, today, this is going to be a solo episode, which we're going to be talking about red light again in a different angle if you would and we're going to talk about ways to improve red light therapy and what red light therapy improves in in other modalities whether in general health or beauty and that's why you can see the the fact that there is a red light shining on me now to kind of get us into this theme if anyone's watching and what we're going to be taking a deep dive into today as i said is how red light therapy really functions, what it does to our cells, to our skin cells and our cells as a whole. Kind of looking at different health challenges that our skin is faced with in our modern day lives and how red light therapy can help and how we can help red light therapy do that. When I say red light therapy, it's of course red and near infrared light, which is called also photobiomodulation. You will learn How red light therapy really functions so you can understand how to use it better. You'll learn exactly what times or when red light therapy would be the most effective when you want to, you know, tackle specific issues. And as I said, you'll learn how to use different modalities to improve the effects of red light therapy. Before we dive into today's episode, it would really mean the world to me and to us here at Young Goose and the Biohacking Beauty Podcast if you took a second out of your day and subscribe to this podcast not only does this ensure you will never miss on an episode but also greatly helps the growth of this podcast so i ask you to do that last but not least i'm reminding you that this podcast is brought to you by young goose the biohacking skincare brand the brand that i co-founded and now without further ado let's start today's episode So what is red light therapy or what is photobiomodulation? First of all, basically, it is using wavelengths, which are either in the visible spectrum of light in uh, which is red or what we call near infrared, which are if we want the actual parameters, it's anywhere between 700 nanometers to 1100 nanometers. These are the wavelengths that are normally classified between red to near infrared. Below that, we have orange or yellow or other types of visible light, and above that is mid and far infrared. Mid is kind of a combination between both. We can say 900 to 1300 is mid, and then we have far infrared, which is what is used in, in, for example, in infrared saunas. But red and near-infrared as a therapy actually was discovered on accident because in the 60s, there was a study... Been, that's been done on 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 rats that looked actually at blue light or blue lasers and different things that they are doing but they needed actually a control uh, segment they needed a control group uh, to compare and contrast and in that control group red laser was used and what they noticed is that there were actual benefits on wound healing and, and fur growth from that uh, red laser so that's actually how interest in this modality started. And the reason it is called photobiomodulation, it's because photo means light, bio means our biology, and modulation means the the modulation of it or the adjustment of it. So the way that we can adjust our biology with light. One thing I would say before we we get into the nitty-gritty of photobiomodulation, uh, PBM in short, or uh, red light therapy, is that there is another treatment that dermatologists uh, do that has a similar name and i just want to emphasize the difference there is it there is a treatment called photodynamic therapy and photodynamic therapy is is a different treatment that actually uses uh blue blue and uv light which basically is designed for for acne or for skin resurfacing so that's a different treatment which we're not going to get into now but what happens really with red light therapy is pretty interesting because when we're Uh, You can imagine our cells, every cell in our body, if it's sick, old, injured, what it does it instead of just using oxygen in order to create energy, this cell is going to create nitric oxide as a byproduct of that energy production. And what happens is that this nitric oxide is going to be uptaken by that that the mitochondria and that cell instead of oxygen. And th- this nitric oxide is going to actually compete with oxygen. And by competing with oxygen, it will displace some of the oxygen and create free radicals or oxidative stress. This oxidative stress is going to lead to more cellular damage, dysfunction, and obviously death. So this is kind of a, a snowball where where cells are basically going to accumulate inflammation, are going to accumulate things that prevent them from functioning optimally. And that uh, vicious cycle, if you would, just continues on and on and on. So the more we accumulate those dysfunctioning cells, the more inflammation we we create, the more free radicals we create, the more they affect other cells and we have uh, a snowball effect. That's where red light therapy comes, comes into the picture because red light therapy or near-infrared, these wavelengths don't interact very well with water. They don't get absorbed in water. What they do get absorbed in is one enzyme in the mitochondria that is in charge of that oxygen utilization. So when they get absorbed in that, that enzyme, they break the bond between that enzyme, which is, by the way, called CCO and the nitric oxide. And they are, they are basically having the mitochondria release that nitric oxide so the, so the mitochondria can then use oxygen in a more efficient way. Another thing that it does, it releases that react- reactive oxygen species or oxidative stress or free radicals that, are, that have been created. And because it, because it is locally not a large amount of free radicals, there is actually an interesting positive results, result that happens through that, which we're gonna touch on in a second. But basically that described the first aspect of why, why red light therapy is is good for us because it makes us create more energy or, or it helps us create more energy in the form of atp which our, our cells need one of the um, hallmarks or one of the things that point to an older functioning body is the cost of atp production Gets higher and higher and higher. So, by lowering the cost of ATP production or helping our cells create ATP, we're essentially having the skin behave like a younger skin or our body behave like a younger body for we're talking about a different organ. So, that's number one. We create ATP more easily, more efficiently, and our cells have now more energy to perform whatever they need to perform. The other thing that happened that's interesting is that this nitric oxide, when we release it from the mitochondria and um, some of you probably have heard about nitric oxide before this nitric oxide is is basically a vasodilator uh, outside of our mitochondria which is which means that it helps our 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 body uh get blood into the area where nitric oxide is present so we get more blood into the tissues where red light therapy is being show, is being utilized on so again not the uh, red light therapy has our mitochondria release all the nitric oxide that's been accumulated. And that release of nitric oxide brings more blood to that area. With blood comes more oxygen, nutrients, etc. So that helps cellular function and youthful state as well. But last and not least is that release of oxidative stress. So oxidative stress, free radicals as a whole are bad for us. But because it's such, you know, when we look at the amount that's being released at that time, it's a relatively small amount. It's actually causing a positive result. You can imagine, and that's by the way, it's called hormesis, which we spoke about in, the, in this podcast before. So you can imagine working out, you can work too little, nothing's going to happen. You can work too much, you're going to sustain an injury. But within those parameters, there is a sweet spot where you are going to actually stress the body and the body is going to react positively too. And To some extent, these free radicals are exactly in that sweet spot when we release them from the mitochondria. And what they do is they kind of mimic mimic an injury without causing an injury, or they're stressing the body just enough for the body to pay attention to that part of our body and induce repair. So that's like a three-headed monster, that positive monster, that red light therapy or photobiomodulation kind of induces first more ATP, more cellular energy. Second, more blood with nutrients and oxygen that is coming there. Thirdly, stimulation for repair. Oh, that's, that's great. But unfortunately, it's not a complete process, which means that in a short amount of time, our body, because it's not used to being stimulated in that fashion, will kind of put an end to that process from happening. Because as we said in, in uh, previous, previous podcasts, our body is, has designed to really, uh, limit the amount of energy it's, it's, it's expending in air quotes for no apparent reason. We, we are, we are designed or we've, we've been, the the evolution has, has made sure that we always reserve energy for some, um, catastrophe that, that can happen. Maybe we're going to have to, you know, go without food for an extended period of time. Maybe we're going to have to, you know, escape a saber tooth tiger, whatever that is. So our body doesn't like to, invest all its energy in repair. So uh, after a very short amount of time, and if you think about it, red light therapy really, uh, you can enjoy the benefits of it anywhere from five to 20 minutes. That's a very short amount of time as far as stimulation goes or as far as what our body allows stimulation or stimulation to happen. So our body, as, as we said, is designed to cut this stimulation short very, very quickly. So what we did here really is look at the major accepted effects of red light therapy, photobiomodulation on the skin and on our body and and the way that it helps us uh, regenerate. But there is a little known process that is also happening that uh, we at Young Goose, we find very, very interesting, especially for skin rejuvenation, and that uh, science is looking at a little bit less, which is increasing the efficiency of interfacial water channels or structures, which is a really big uh, topic in general, structured water channels in the skin, interfacial water, water channels. But uh, suffice to say that these are structures that are designed to have two functions depending on how other tissues relate to them. The first one is to allow basically smooth movement or slippery smooth movement. And that depends on the relation of that specific structure and water. If the relation is a little bit different, the same interfacial water channel is going to make that tissue sticky, okay? That actually happens in, a, in on the surface of our skin. Where is the problem with that? The problem, it's actually a two-pronged problem. The first problem is that uh, elastin fibers, as they grow, as we grow older, and as their function is being impaired, they become, uh, their characteristics become such that instead of utilizing those interfacial water channels as, uh, as a potentiator for slipperiness and smooth gl- smooth gliding, etc, they actually adopt the other type of effect that these structures have, which they become a little bit like glue-like and, and uh, sticky. That's number one. The second thing that happens is that when we we again, when we get more mature, the same thing happens in the, on the surface of our skin, and that actually has our skin have more affinity to pollution, to different stressors from the environment that now can stick to our skin more. It doesn't allow our skin to shed itself as, as easily, and also that would actually you know result in larger pores as well because of that. So we are actually, again, we're having elastin, elastin fibers that la- exactly like their names. They are allowing our skin to be elastic. And for that, we need uh, smooth movement. They uh, become less smooth, but also the surface of our skin k- uh, now accumulates pollutants, irritants, etc., more easily. That is where red light therapy comes into the picture. Red light therapy can help those water structures. It can dial them back to a more functional state and it can dial our tissue, elastin and the surface of our skin into a state that can utilize these water structures in a better way. And that is why it can also help with, for example, with damages from pollution and with skin elasticity. So not only that it helps the skin like repair itself in a way where we've discussed it in other episodes of this podcast in a more physical way. Again, more energy, more nutrients, more blood, more stimulation for repair, all of that is great. But it also literally changes the structure of the complexes that then are being expressed as what we call youthful state of the skin. And that kind of brings us into how we can improve that function of red light therapy. Because what we were looking to do at Yangus, we were looking uh, to improve the effects of red light therapy and to help red light therapy create those changes in the skin. So what we did was, is we looked at a, a very beautiful series of research that were published in Germany in the in the late 2000s. And we saw that there is a specific antioxidant that they used to offset the, the reference of the body as to how much oxidative stress is being expelled from the mitochondria. Basically, we eliminated the oxidative stress or the free radicals after they've been released from the mitochondria. And if you remember, our body or our cells stop responding to red light therapy because of that expulsion of uh, free radicals, so our our cells kind of know how much free radicals have been uh, expelled from the mitochondria, expelled from the mitochondria, and they stop responding to red light therapy because of that. By eliminating them, we can extend the effects of red light therapy. We normally say uh, twofold, but some of those research point to 10x quicker results, so bear that in mind. That antioxidant, by the way, is called EGCG. The problem with that in general, because we're not the only ones who make, who integrate EGCG in our formulations, but normally because it's such an effective eliminator of oxidative stress, it also reacts very quickly to the air. It basically oxidizes very fast. It interacts with the oxygen in the air and we're basically getting a formula that is not very effective. So our formula Uh, What is special about it is that we can maintain EGCG at around 98% efficacy. So that is why we're proud of that aspect of it. But we didn't stop there. As you remember, we are looking at improving the function of those interfacial water channels and skin barrier and how it interacts with the environment in order to improve other aspects of red light therapy as well. So the first thing that we did is that we have a special type of hyaluronic acid there. That allows those interfacial uh, water channels to hold on to a little bit more moisture, but also improves, as we said, that that quality of them that allows our body to use them well. And the last thing that we have there is vitamin E, also in a very stable form, because that is part of what determines the efficacy of our skin barrier. And what we want to do is to support the effects of red light therapy with proper skin barrier. And the reason is, is because if, if we are trying to have the skin, again, get rid of a lot of those pollutants, we need to provide it with the building blocks that the skin normally uses in order to get rid of those pollutants, and that is in the form of vitamin E. So we basically what we did here is we tried to kind of back-engineer how red light therapy works and make sure that we create a a product that improves that effect dramatically and that that is the thinking that that went into that product i wanted to take a quick break for this episode to chat with you about our young goose skincare product and our special offer for our podcast listeners Our products are the world's first biohacking skincare products. And what they aim to do is to reboot uh, your skin cells to a youthful state so they can correct the cellular damage that is accumulated over time. Our favorite products and the one that we recommend everyone to start with is our Care Concentrated Moisturizer that can be used as both a day and a night cream. What this product is really specially delivering to the skin is... Our NAD precursors that are nano-sized and lipolized, they are both NR and NMN, and what they aim to do is to fuel the repair processes that our skin engages in by activating also our sirtuins, which are our anti-aging genes or our longevity genes that are responsible for DNA repair and basically repairing who we are really as human beings. In order to do that in the most effective way, we combine it with our enhanced resveratrol, which is fermented resveratrol that allows resveratrol to be 50 times more bioavailable in the skin and actually non-toxic because most people don't know that resveratrol is actually toxic for the skin since the skin doesn't have the enzyme to break it down like our gut does. So by fermenting the the resveratrol and introducing the enzymes in the fermentation process, we can obviously make it non-toxic and 50 times more bioavailable. And care concentrated moisturizer also has 10 more active ingredients that support those processes, such as CoQ10, PQQ, two forms of vitamin C, and even turmeric and B vitamins. This is the first product we recommend. The second is eye care, which is a version of care specifically for the eyes. It also contains our NAD precursors and also contains very, very advanced peptides our proprietary complex that includes GHKCU, a copper peptide that is very famous for its anti-aging abilities. The third product we recommend is our ProCare Serum. And that is a very special serum because it interacts with the mTOR pathway, which is a pathway that is very famous for its ability to affect how we age. So this product does a few things, but really what it does, it eliminates senescent cells, which are cells that harm our skin because our skin couldn't clear them very well. So it eliminates those, regenerates the skin, it stimulates the mitochondria with lilac uh, cell culture extract, and it also has a very strong and effective form of vitamin C that is well known to help the skin regenerate itself. Combining these three products by first applying ProCare, then I care, and then care will give you the best results you've ever experienced for your skin. And that we guarantee. If you would like to try these products, you can head over to younggoose.com to our website. And when checking out, please use the promo code podcast20 in all capital letters in order to get 20% off your first purchase. Again, head over to younggoose.com and use promo code podcast20 in all capitals for 20% off your first purchase. And now let's get back to the podcast. The last point I'm gonna touch on here is how do we, If let's say we have a red light therapy panel, let's say we have uh, some kind of uh, red light therapy device that we use. And when, again, when we say red light therapy, red near infrared photobiomodulation, we do not mean infrared saunas. Okay. Actually, I'm going to touch on it a little bit later. But now we're talking about wavelengths that are between, pardon me, I said before 700, but they are between 600 and 1100 nanometers in in wavelength. And the two most effective wavelengths normally, or the ones that were researched the most, are 630 to 650, which is red uh, in the red spectrum, visible, and 810 to 850 nanometers, which is near infrared, it's invisible. Uh, so these two families normally are the ones that are existing in red light therapy panels. So if you see a red light therapy panel, you'll see that some of the lights there, even if you turn it on, are visible, some are invisible. These are the two families that that are normally being utilized in red light therapy. And what we can do in order to use it more most effectively is really to relate to other things that we are doing. What do we mean by that? We can use red light therapy if we want to help our skin deal with sun damage, for example. We can use red light therapy before and therefore increase our skin's ability to to relate to sun damage in real time, which means that our our skin is going to accumulate less of the damage that the sun will, will express on our skin. The other thing that we can do is use red light therapy after uh, sun exposure the day after, this two days after, in order to decrease the physical damage, such as obviously blisters and DNA damage that have been caused by that uh, sun exposure. In other cases, using red light therapy before wouldn't be as effective as using it after. As an example, exercise, if we want to improve exercise, using red light therapy before is not going to do much because when we exercise, we actually want to damage the muscle and then help the muscle to recover. So using it before will not improve that aspect. We wanna use it after in order to help the muscle recover. Optimally, we wanna use red light therapy around three times a week or every other day. Again, five to 10, 15 minutes. And the closer we're gonna have the red light therapy to our body, the actually the deeper the wavelengths would penetrate. So if we want it for our skin, we want to take it a little bit further back. So if we have a, a conventional red light therapy panel, it would be around 18, 24 inches away from us. But if we want it for other gut health, internal organs in general, muscles, etc, that would be closer. That would be around six inches from our body. Another thing to consider, remember that we said that our body has a kind of a ticking clock in that once it realizes it's creating a lot of uh, nitric oxide release, a lot of uh, oxidative stress release, and a lot of ATP, it's going to lower the response to red light therapy. Having said that, the larger area we're exposing our body uh, to red light therapy, the less results we're going to get per area. It means if I have, you know, if I want to use red light therapy for my skin in my face, I would be getting less results by exposing my entire body to a red light therapy panel that, you know, runs the length of my body rather than exposing only my face. That's going to be one thing we need to pay attention to. The other one would be the strength of the red light therapy panel or device. That is why most red light therapy uh, masks are going to be less effective or not effective because they don't have the initial amount or the minimum threshold of of energy that they relate to the skin so they don't stimulate the skin enough overdosing or red light therapy is going to be very difficult as far as power but as far as time we we are going to get uh, a point of diminishing returns after 20 to 30 minutes so bear that in mind it's not like you can do it you know multiple times a day every day and continue getting more and more results there is a very specific limit that that is well researched it's it's very difficult to argue with with that limit having said that what are those? What is the limit of power? So, normally we're looking at anywhere from like 50 milliwatts per centimeter squared all the way to 500 as the range of uh, stimulation that we want. Again, what does it mean? It means that we look at a specific, very small area and we're saying how much light is there on that specific area. And we're measuring it by the amount of energy, so milliwatts, that is related to that area, which if we added the the measurement of time into it. So it's going to be like energy, area, and time. We're going to get joules. So so sometimes you'll see that as far as the um, expressed amount of energy. And sometimes we're going to be seeing milliwatts per centimeter squared because it's more, it's classically milliwatts per centimeter squared is used. I'm going to be using those measurements. So 50 is a very low threshold. We normally want it more than 100. And normally, panels are going to have about 125 milliwatts per centimeter squared when you're going to be standing six inches away from the red light therapy panel, okay? Uh, And as I said, as far as like a time span, we're looking at five to anywhere to to 20 minutes as far as the exposure. A few more things that can be combined and are great with red light therapy. Uh, One is methylene blue. Obviously, we had uh, Scott from from Transcriptions here on our podcast. So if you want to dive deeper into that, you should look for that episode. Methylene blue is basically mitochondrial support, among other things, but it, it supports mitochondrial function. So combining it together with red light therapy is fantastic. Cold plunges or ice baths or cryotherapy. All of those things are very well combined with red light therapy because they are stressors that, that stress the body a little bit differently. And red light therapy also helps the body deal with that, with that type of stress. But actually, if you do do those two, not only once, but if you do those two together over time, there is evidence that they, both of them improve not only the, the efficiency of mitochondria, but they improve the amount of mitochondria per cell. So it's not like an engine of a car where we have only one, one mitochondria per cell. We have a lot. We can improve the amount of mitochondria per cell. Depends on the cell type, but through both of those and especially in conjunction. So that is something to take in mind. But yeah, I mean, this is a kind of a deep dive into, into red light therapy and, and a few of its functions. I really hope you enjoyed uh, this deep dive. And I really hope that you will come back to us with questions. So... Obviously, as I said before, this is a podcast that is brought to you by us, by Young Goose, the biohacking skincare company. And uh, we love when people reach out to us with questions about things that were in the podcast. You know, it's, it's the biggest compliment we can get, frankly. So if you have any questions about how to combine different treatments, different products, different uh, modalities with red light therapy, please reach out to us at service at younggoose.com or the chat box on our website or through Instagram, which is uh young underscore goose underscore skincare. Um, and we would love to answer them. A few of our other products, just to close things that can be used very well together with red light therapy are obviously our care, uh, NAD boosting moisturizer. The reason is, is because NAD is essential for mitochondrial function among 600 different processes that are associated with the youthful state and function. And that is one of them. So obviously care, using it every day, either once or twice a day would improve red light therapy. Eye care, same thing, our eye cream, same thing, uh, still has those NAD precursors that elevate NAD levels, et cetera. Uh, bioretinol, red light therapy is great to promote healing of tissue and bioretinol promotes cellular rejuvenation, a little bit like working out by creating micro damage. Uh, So together, they are amazing. And of course, our hyperbaric mask, the hyperbaric mask, among other things, increases the skin's ability to create ATP. Uh, Red light therapy increases the production of ATP. So together, they are extremely powerful. And again, uh, it hyperbaric mask brings more oxygen to the skin which with red light therapy, then the skin can use again, beautiful combination, but yeah, uh, our BioShield SPF 40 is very good, uh, to combat pollution. As we said today in the podcast, red light therapy also helps our skin combat pollution through improving skin barrier through improving intrafacial, uh, water structures. So these two are also made amazing together. And all of our products as a whole are designed to uh, have the skin function at, at its more youthful state. Uh, Red Light Therapy really takes that concept and improves it as a whole. So any one of our products and Red Light Therapy would work great together. And again, that has been a deep dive on Red Light Therapy. I really hope you enjoyed it. Please let us know if, it's, if it was too much or if you would like to hear more deep dives about specific biohacks slash skin uh, hacks in the future so thank you very much and uh, thank you everyone have a great rest of your day